Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Beyond the Whistle. I'm Ian Nicholas, and today I'm joined by my two terrific co-hosts, Dylan Pescatore and Chad Rousseau, and later we'll be joined by Austin Platt to talk a little bit about that magical MLB playoff picture. But first, let's talk about the NFL. It's five weeks into the season, guys. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that have lived up to expectations and a lot of teams that haven't lived up to expectations. Let's talk about some of the bigger surprises of the year. I'll kick it off with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, they've been 4-1 and one to start the year, and a lot of people are like, they haven't played many big teams. But I think the biggest game for them has been that one loss to New England. They've been the only team that can give New England a challenge. Do you think this 4-1 uh, and one record, do you think they can keep up the wins? Is this a sustainable uh, effort for the Bills? Well, definitely, and that Patriots game was pretty big, and that Josh Allen uh, concussion in the fourth quarter definitely hurt them in that game. But I would say it was this week against the Titans. Beating the Titans on the road, the Titans are no, no easy team. They beat the Colts earlier this year, who beat the Chiefs, actually. So um, the Bills beating, beating the Titans on the road was big for them. I'm not sure if they can keep it up. They do play an easier division with the Dolphins and the Jets, but they do have another game against the Patriots. So I'd say they're right on that brink of the wild card. Uh, Ian, I would have to say I have no faith in the Bills, actually, this oh, year. After right. watching Josh Allen play against the Patriots, I, I couldn't see any true talent there. He had no decision You're making. telling me a guy who can run like a 4-7 and has arguably the biggest arm in the league has no talent? Did you see the two interceptions he threw? Look, Double he's coverage, still triple extremely coverage. raw, but that doesn't mean he can't make plays, even though he's had a rough start to the year. I think he needs some more talent to surround him. And considering they just traded away one of their receivers, Zay Jones, for a fifth-round pick, I think it might be hard for him to continue this year. Yeah, they do have the CFL's leading receiver from last year in Duke Williams, so that's a breakout star. Breakout star. Had that game-winning touchdown. John Brown's been great for them this year. He's been one of the best deep threats in the league. Frank Gore's still playing football, and he's actually pretty good. So who knows? And that defense is the third best in the league right now. There's players at every level that can make plays, one of the best safety tandems in the league. But what about you guys, outside of the Bills? I had Oakland. Oakland as my surprise team. You know, before the season, everyone, you know, they watch hard knocks. They see the Antonio Brown, you know, fiasco with him celebrating how he was, quote, free, and now he was running outside his house crazy before he went to New England, and then, you know, that happened. But Oakland has been my surprise team. You know, everyone had them down as, you know, after Antonio Brown left, they are like, oh, this team's going to be terrible. This team won't win. John Gruden's a terrible coach. That contract was terrible. They gave him 10 years for $100 million, which is unheard of for coaches in the NFL. And I really think that he should be praised for this year. After uh, one of their best wide receivers, Antonio Brown, leaving, he still got that team motivated to go 3-2 and two so far. And they have, they've beat some pretty good teams. I'll go over the Bears later. But they did beat the Bears this week, which is no easy... Feet. In London, which is in hard London. for both teams. Definitely in. Uh, Derek Carr has played much, much better. And, I mean, that team has really surprised me so far. I think they can really keep it up and keep it competitive in the AFC West with the Chiefs. Yeah, they have uh, Carr, Pro Football Focus, says he's one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. And even though the numbers don't jump off the page, he's been really efficient. And, Chad, I know you're a Raiders fan. You probably watch him on a weekly basis. How, what do you see different from this team from last year to this year, especially with the play calling in Gruden? I think it would have to really be the run game. This year they have probably the number one ranked rookie in the NFL, according to PFF, which is Josh Jacobs. He was able to get his first 100-plus yard rushing game against the Bears last week. And two touchdowns against that great defense. Which is definitely no easy task. For, at all. To put up 100 yards against a defense like that, you have to be really good. Absolutely. And that also says speaks a lot to the offensive line this year. They were able to rebuild them. 
and now they can actually block and hold blocks for Derek Carr so he can get the ball off and so they can also run the ball. I love this Darren Waller guy. You know, he's a former receiver. No one knows who he is. He's a starting tight end replacing Jared Cook. He's been one of the best tight ends in the league because he's a mismatch nightmare. And uh, let's talk about, you know, a different team on the Western Coast. Chad, who is your biggest surprise of the year so far? Well, we're going to keep it in the Bay Area, and I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers are my surprise team this year. They're second in scoring this year with 31.8 points, which is really just incredible. That's numbers that the Chiefs were kind of putting up last year. Yeah. Which, considering the talent they have there with only Jimmy G, uh, George Kittle. And not and a whole lot of receiver either. They do have a They're running no, back committee, though, guys. You know, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida. And Tevin Coleman and came Tevin back Coleman, last night from the high ankle sprain. I know, I think it's interesting because everyone's like, oh, Kyle Shanahan is such a great coach, and he only won like five games through two seasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where is, where is, I mean, I get it. He's a great offensive mind, but we need to see the wins. Finally, we see them blow out the Browns last night. And even though the Browns, you know, haven't found it yet, this looks like a legit team. They have a big challenge this week up against uh, the Rams, and the Rams have been slumping, so you know they're going to come at them really hard. And Garoppolo, you know, as you mentioned, that run game supporting him a lot. He had, he's only started 14 games, which I think is the crazy part. And, you know, he's played five years, but he hasn't even started a full season. Definitely. So it's going to be interesting there. So we've talked about the studs, the Niners, the Raiders, and the Buffalo Bills. What about we talk about some duds? Let's open it up with you, Dylan. Who's your biggest dud on the year so far? I talked about him a little bit earlier. The Chicago Bears are my disappointment. You know, they came off in AFC uh, North, uh, or NFC North, sorry, division win last year. And I really blame the offense. You know, last year, everyone knew that their defense was saving them and winning them games because they kept the scores low. We saw that in the playoff game against the Eagles also. But through this offseason, you have to focus on your biggest weakness, which was the offense. And they have pieces, electric pieces to do so. They, got, they had Jordan Howard go to the Eagles, of course. But they have Tariq Cohen, who could do so many things on the football field. He's so fast. He can catch the ball to the backfield. They have uh, Allen Robinson. They have so many. And they have um, Charlie Wims, who's also a great player at tight end. They have just so many pieces, but they just can't put it together. And I even saw it with, with Mitch when he was starting before Chase Daniel came in because of that injury to Mitch's shoulder. But that offense, I mean, if you can't fix it from the offseason – you can't win games in 2019 NFL scoring 15 points per game. You've got to put up more points than, than they have. And, I mean, that's just been disappointing to me. I mean, just to talk about the Bears' defense, though, this year, it's not even as good as it used to be. They, this last week, they allowed the Raiders to get to the red zone, I think, five times. Wow. Mm. One time, they were at least able to force a turnover, but that was on the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. That game could have been 31-14 to 14 had things gone differently and there had been other calls. Well, the Bears' defense, I mean, last week, obviously, they didn't do well against your Raiders. But, you know, they can't do a whole lot when this offense isn't providing for them. Chase Daniels isn't the guy who's going to push the ball down the field. And Trubisky has really struggled. He looks like a rookie still. He's missing a lot of reads. He doesn't look very good. Mm -hmm. So the defense is doing the best they can. They shut down Rodgers in week one, only scored three points offensively. And then the second week, I know it's Denver, but they kept them in the game for most of the game and got them that win. You know, thanks to that Eddie Pinero field goal. Definitely. And I mean, I kind of compare it to a starting pitcher in baseball, kind of like oh. Jacob deGrom last year, how he was doing all he can to prevent the other team from scoring, but his offense wouldn't show up and provide runs for him. So he can't do anything. The defense is on the field almost more than half the game because Chase Daniel can't extend drives. Very true. Okay, what about you, Chad? Who is your biggest dud so far of the 2019 NFL season? I would have to say the Atlanta Falcons. I think ever since that Super Bowl game against the Patriots when they 
where they lost the lead. What was the score? 28-3. 28-3. Heck of a game. Ever since they gave up that lead, their team's just kind of, they haven't been able to put something good together, been able to put something on the field that's been complete. Like last year, that year, they had a solid defense, not a great defense, but the best offense in the NFL. And now, just looking at their stats, they still have an excellent offense. They get 117 first downs over the course of five games, but their defense is terrible. They have the 31st uh, worst defense in the NFL for scoring, which is just horrendous. And then, honestly, they can't force a turnover. They've only been able to have two interceptions all year, and both of those have come from Desmond Trevon. Very true. I mean, it's hard because you think that team has so much talent. One of the best offensive players in football and Julio Jones, great quarterback. And then the defense gets those two guys back. But Keanu Neal now out again, one of the most talented defensive players in football. Deion Jones can't do it all by himself. That's why it's the second worst defense in the league so far this year. But I've been a Chargers fan for so long, even though I'm a Giants fan, unfortunately. But the Chargers, you know, year after year, you always think they could make that run. And people are like, oh, Phillip Rivers, oh, he's better than Eli Manning because he puts up better stats, he's been better in games. But he's never been in a Super Bowl, and during the regular season, he doesn't look great this year. Austin Eckler's been great, but they haven't been able to get the running game going. Melvin Gordon's back, so hopefully that changes. But it's loss to the Denver Broncos at home, and that really, you know, against a winless team, they just wanted him more, frankly. That's what people said. And I don't get it. Joey Bosa, they have Casey Hayward. They have all, at every position, Keenan Allen, every position where you need a star player, really outside of left tackle, they have it. And they have a great coaching staff. All three of their coordinators, and their head coach, obviously, and Anthony Lynn, have head coaching experience. Ken Wisenhunt, Gus Bradley, the former Jaguars coach. So I don't understand why this team is just 2-3. and three. They play the, you know, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers this week in Devlin Hodges, so hopefully they can get a win against a guy who's never started a game. If they don't care, then you got to go into panic mode. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked about the studs and the duds, and obviously big studs and duds also impact people in fantasy football, especially for you, Dylan, because you haven't won a game in our league. But let's talk about some of the guys, so our subjects. Let's talk about some of the guys who have been the biggest studs so far in fantasy. And obviously we know guys like Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. You drafted them second and third. They're obviously going to be studs. We're talking about players who necessarily weren't drafted extremely high. So uh, I think I'm going to kick this off. Chris Godwin is a guy I was big on. He's been the best receiver in football this year, fantasy football-wise, averaging 24 points a game. He's a touchdown machine. Oh, yeah, I drafted him in the fifth round. So no one really knew about him heading into the year on a weak Tampa Bay team who's actually been not bad at all this year, and he's been really good. He's really taken over number one right now for Mike Evans, who's struggling. No, definitely, and I've, I've, those players have been great, especially Chris Godwin in that Buccaneers offense, which has been kind of hampered by injuries, but also James Winston has broken out just a little bit. Uh, but from my from my experiences, from my losing experiences so far, I have had some some players score some points. So Austin Hooper was one for me. We talked about the Falcons' defense being bad, but that offense hasn't been that bad. You know, it, it's been above average. Austin Hooper has really broken out this year with uh, defenses focus on focusing on Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. So Hooper, he's really uh, like going through those seam routes. And they're finding him right down the middle. That's his cup of tea, and they're just finding him. He scored a touchdown last week. He's two straight weeks with a touchdown, and he's really been breaking out. I want to go on the defensive side of the ball now for another fantasy pick. The Patriots' defense has really, really been great. Mm -hmm. Their schedule has been a little bit easy, but that Patriots' defense is way better than any years I've seen before, especially with Jamie Collins breaking out. He had another fumble recovery uh, last week. But that defense is just its great. They're, they allow very little points. I mean, the only points uh, that 
I've seen that other teams scored. I think they allowed one offensive touchdown all year was, uh, you know, kick returns and pick sixes. Um, so that defense has really been just, like, shut down, kind of like the Bears last year. And you're going to want to keep the Patriots in your starting lineup this week defensively. They play the Giants, who are a little bit banged up. Barkley and Shepard probably won't play. Rookie quarterback up in Foxborough. They're going to probably put up a ton of points for Absolutely. your fantasy team. What about you, Chad? Who's a guy who uh, has really paid dividends as a sleeper pick this year? Well, I came into the season not thinking much about the Jaguars, but then after watching with Gardner Minshew in there at quarterback... I just got to say, the one player that's really impressed me has been his primary target so far this year, DJ Chark. He's been able to put up 15-plus points a game almost consistently all season, and you would think he'd be losing targets to D.D. Westbrook, but it hasn't been the case so far this year. Gardner Minshew really likes him as his number one target. I, I mean, he's got everything you want in a receiver. He's 6'4", he runs a 4'3", he's averaging 18 yards a catch, 485 yards, 5 touchdowns. You know, at the beginning of the year, people didn't think it'd be sustainable, but at this point, he's the number one option to a quarterback who looks really good right now in Gardner Minshew. So I think you got to keep him in your lineup. So obviously, you got your studs in real life and your studs in fantasy. What about some duds in fantasy? Who are some, who, you guys, who do you think hasn't been too hot so far this year? Oh, my dud in fantasy would have to be DeAndre Hopkins this year. Ooh. He's had some good games, don't get me wrong. There but he hasn't a, been the player you drafted in the band. Yeah, he had some. Tw- he had a 20-plus point game in the beginning of the season, and then I think recently he had a 12-point game. But in between that time, it's been single digits. And for a player you draft with a first-round pick, that's just not the production you want from him. Absolutely. I wanted to point out Robert Woods from the Rams. You know, they have three wide receivers there, top-of-the-line wide receivers, Cooks, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Yeah. And it just feels like every I watch every game, it's like every pass goes to Cooper Cup or yeah. Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is a great uh, tool to use, you know, out of the backfield. He runs jet sweeps sometimes. He's very fast. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup is kind of like a slot receiver, kind of like a Wes Welker back in the day. But Robert Woods, I mean, I drafted him in the third round, and, I mean, he really hasn't, hasn't really shown up. He had one week over 10 points, but every other week has been under 10. That's not really what you're expecting from a number one wide receiver like Robert Woods. I also wanted to point out Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that run game has really shown up for the Packers, especially last week with Aaron Jones. You know, it's just beasting all over the Cowboys' yeah. defense. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, this was supposed to be his MVP, you know, comeback player of the year kind of year. <laughs> and he hasn't really shown up in the passing game no, yet. No, not at all. That Eagles game was was a shine of, uh, of hope. Every other game he's really been... Uh, below average, and this week was no other. He scored only 9.8 points. Well, Rodgers is the great example of, I mean, usually he's great in fantasy, and he's great in real life as well. He's been good this year. I mean, he's winning games, but they don't need him to be Aaron Rodgers this year. The defense has two great new pass rushers they got in free agency. The defense all around looks terrific. Aaron Jones had a breakout game. They don't need Aaron Rodgers to, you know, chuck nine Hail Marys in the game to win games anymore. And I drafted him in a lot of leagues, so that's definitely disappointing. I mean, I don't say you should cut him just yet, but if you have two quarterbacks on the roster, stick with Rodgers. But if he doesn't produce in the next few weeks, I'm fine with cutting him loose, to be honest, because at this point, they don't need him to play, you know, to that superstar level. Sadly, that's not an option for me, because I also had Ben Roethlisberger. And what about injuries? You guys want to talk about injuries? Obviously, injuries are the big one of the bigger things that impact all of sports and football. No different. Roethlisberger went down. Mason Rudolph comes in for the Steelers, and Rudolph goes down. And now Devlin Hodges, an undrafted free agent out of Samford College, is going to make his first career start on Sunday night football up against a really hungry Chargers team. So outside of the Steelers, who obviously have a huge injury, who are some other injuries you want to talk about, some replacements who have filled in? 
and uh, maybe done a good job. You know, and I want to talk about the Saints. Mm. That team is built all around, not to just win through one way, like scoring a lot of points, like the Bears are with the defense. Mm -hmm. The team's really built all around, and that defense is very underrated as well. Drew Brees goes down uh, with a hand injury, and Teddy Bridgewater comes in. I've been a huge Teddy Bridgewater ever since his Vikings days. Uh Uh, The Vikings let him go, which I felt was the wrong move by them. And the Jets picked him up when he he sat behind uh, Donald and McCown. But Bridgewater is really that, like, he's not a backup, but he's not a top-of-the-line starter. Yeah, he he's doesn't like have that middle of the pack he, yeah. kind of kind of uh, quarterback, but he could really produce. I mean, he threw four touchdowns last week for the Saints against the Buccaneers, and I mean, he's really been doing well. Breeze is gonna start when he comes back, of course, Hall of Famer. But Bridgewater is really a great, you know, more than just a band aid to hold over until the Bre- until Breeze comes back. He's really been producing for the for the Saints. What about you, Chad? Who do you uh, who are you looking at as an injury that's had a biggest impact, or maybe an injury replacement who's really shined? I think we look a lot at the Chargers this year and see them as a disappointment. But I think it's mainly because Derwin James is out. When that when that injury happened, before that, they were favored to win the AFC West, even mm-hmm. over the Chiefs. Yep. But uh, now without him, they, they haven't been able to hold together a good defense. They allowed the Broncos to beat them, which is just terrible this year. <laughs> so, yeah. Derwin James is definitely my pick for the worst injury. Yeah, and we talk in basketball all the time about how positionless players, you know, they can play anywhere on the court. Same thing with Derwin James. He's a guy who can play both safety spots, he can play nickel corner, and he can even rush the passer. So you're not missing one player, you're missing a rotational piece. And Anthony Lynn and uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley really like to use him everywhere on the field. And even though they still have talented players on defense, it's not a next-level defense because he's not on the field. And let's finally talk before we switch into baseball about some waiver wire pickups. I'm just going to talk about this this briefly. If your fantasy team is in a bit of need, maybe like yours, like me, you, and like you might me. want to go to the waiver wire. Rex Burkhead could be a good pickup this week playing the Giants, who are a little bit banked up on both sides of the ball. You got a guy like Adrian Peterson, who a lot of people dropped uh, after a few weeks because he hasn't been good, but he plays the Dolphins this week, guys. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's going to be a close game between two not-so-good-teams, so he could get a lot of yards on the ground. And then lastly, maybe a guy, if you don't have Austin Hooper or you don't have a top tight end, uh, maybe Gerald Everett, who's finally producing, stealing those targets from Robert Woods. Definitely. He's been really great over the last two weeks with over 170 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so, uh, Chad, we thank you so much for coming in and anchoring our football segment. We're going to say Thanks goodbye to you. We're going to welcome in Austin Platt in a moment to talk about baseball. So let's hop into the magical world of MLB playoffs. Dylan, you were at the Yankees game both Friday and Saturday, back-to-back wins. It was electric in the zoo. You were extremely excited. Platt, you were watching from home as a big Yankees fan. So this team is great. They've looked great for years. But do they finally look ready to make that final push? You know, Ian, I've watched so many games over the last three years. And that 2017 run to the ALCS Game 7 was special. And 2018 was a disappointment last year. But this team is way, way better than any other team I've watched in the playoffs in the last three years. The lineup is deep. Every single hitter can have a special night, like last night with Labor Torres, six hitter, 22 years old, Ian. He's 22, he's playing in the playoffs in Minnesota. He goes deep last night, and he has two doubles. That guy is amazing. Just everyone in that lineup can beat you. It's not like the pitchers have a rest at the bottom of the order with the seven, eight, nine hitters. You have a 314 hitter in Gio Urshela, batting ninth for the Yankees. That's amazing. This lineup's crazy. The pitching has been, you know, a little bit, not shaky, but it's been okay. You know, but, I mean, it's against the Twins, a team that relies on the home run a lot. We'll see, we'll really see how this pitching is against the winner of the Astros and Rays series. 
Platt, how do you think that Astros race series been? You know, the Rays, they had a big win yesterday on Charlie Morton and that offense against Zach Granke, who's really struggled. Maybe that three aces situation really isn't three. It's more like two. Yeah, definitely. The Rays are a very underrated team. I think they're one of the better teams in the American League. The way Kevin Cash has managed this Rays team down south, unbelievable with the opener and their pitching. Their pitching is good as well. I mean, obviously they went through Oakland in the wild card game. They have Glasnow, Snell, and Morton, who we saw last night dominate his former team, the Astros. This team is very good. The first two games in Houston, they were right with them. It was like 0-0 through the fourth or definitely. fifth inning, and that's against Verlander and Cole, the top two in the Cy Young. This Rays team is very good. Their lineup is, is decent. It's not great. The Astros is better. But they're going to hang in there. I think they're going to make this very, very close. So really quickly, sorry to cut you off, Dylan. You think they can make the comeback even over down? I mean, they can make it. I don't think they will, but they have what it takes. Their pitching is good, but the Astros are just better. I think the Astros take care of business. I think today, game four is a huge game. You know, tonight at seven, Verlander on three days rest. He's never done that before, mm. and they're doing it in Tampa against uh, a bullpen situation with the Rays because Glass now was on a pitch limit. And that bullpen's really, really been uh, lights out for the Rays, maybe not in the series, but the season as a whole. You know, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, um, and just uh, Emilio Pagan, just great players. And um, the Rays win today. I have them winning game five, and that could, if it goes to a game five, that could really mess up the Astros' rotation Mm -hmm. if they move on to the ALCS. Now moving on to the NLCS, the Dodgers and the Nats. The Nats had a huge win last night, forcing a game five. Ryan Zimmerman capping off, you know, three-run bomb when they were up 2-1 to make it 5-1, put that game out of reach. Uh, Scherzer had a great start, 7 innings of one-run baseball. He got through the first after a home run by Turner and then just shut down the Dodgers for six innings. Uh, game five is Wednesday. Steven Strasburg on the mound against Walker Bueller. And Austin, I'm not going to say this now. I'm going to confirm it. The Nationals will get past the hump this year. They're going to go into L.A. behind Steven Strasburg, and they're going to get rid of those playoff uh, disappointments, and they're going to win game five. Yeah, the Nationals, I think, definitely matched up the best against the Dodgers if you look if you look in this National League. And, yeah, they've, they've played to it, winning game four last night. And, yeah, definitely Steven Strasburg has what it takes. Walker Buehler is obviously very young but very powerful. But, yeah, they have a chance to win. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals come away with the dub. And finally, that last NL matchup, we got Braves-Cardinals, another great series, both tied up at two apiece. Austin, who do you think has the edge there for the rest of the series? I actually think it's the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty, he has been unbelievable in the month of September. ERA under one, that is unreal. He could win the NL Cy Young very easily, and that's that's very deep, too. you got Hinjin Ryu as well in that mix. But, yeah, I mean, they have uh, Braves have Mike Fultonewitz. Uh, he's been okay. The Braves pitching has been okay this year. But if Jack Flaherty is Jack is the Jack Flaherty we've known recently, the Cardinals, I think, are going to come away with a win. And we could see two upsets in the National League. I actually disagree with you, Austin. I think the Braves pull this one out. Holton Evich, you know, first playoff start ever uh, in Game 2 in Atlanta. And now he gets Game 5. He went seven scoreless last time. And I think he's going to do something similar. You know, the Braves and Cardinals, they both really don't depend on that bullpen. NL bullpens have been very shaky, especially the Cardinals and the Braves. Cardinals in Game 3, you know, Carlos Martinez blowing that lead. But I really think the starters are going to dominate this game, which goes against 2019 baseball. But I think the Braves win this one, unlike Austin's opinion. I think the Braves win this one. They move on. And my pick is them against the Nationals. Quick World Series prediction. As you know, I, oh, I'm going to pull way. it out now. All right. I got. I really think the Yankees get over the hump this, this year. The team's special. And I have Yankees against the Braves. 
What about you, Austin? Same or different? No, I think the Astros are just a better team. Those three pitchers, I mean, they did it in 2017. I think they'll do it again this year. Even though they could get shaken up by the Rays, I think it's the Astros, and I actually think it will be the Dodgers. I think it's a rematch from the 2017 year, and I think it's the same result. The Astros, once again, hoist the trophy. Well, that's a wrap. I don't want to be uh, caught by the bell here, so we're going to wrap this up before the whistle blows. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you so much, Austin. Thank you so much, Chad, who's no longer with us right now. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So uh, when we see you next, we'll see maybe your, uh, your prediction comes true for the World Series. Maybe the football disappointments come back, and we'll give you a little bit of an NBA preview. I've been Ian Nicholas. Thanks so much for watching.